You're listening to You Play A What, a podcast by a musician for musicians. My name is Vincent and I play the euphonium. Join me as I sit down with successful musicians to talk about their specialization, inspirations, and career developments. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to episode 41 of You Play A What. I hope all of you are well. We've just come off a rather busy March holiday week, especially for my fellow band directors and tutors. That's mostly down to the news that we've received that SYF 2021 is going to take place and it begins on 29th of March 2021, which is Monday following the release of this podcast episode. The order of appearance of the bands has been confirmed, but we have not received confirmation on the venue of the event which is slightly nerve-wracking, but apparently, according to the floor plan released by the school, it does look rather familiar. So we're just waiting for confirmation for the venue, but apart from that, it seems like it is going to happen. Not sure if the, the schools have already organized their transport to, to bring the students to the hall. So I thought that for this week, it would be a good idea for me to talk about my experience with the Singapore Youth Festival, the changes that I've seen it gone through over the years as a student and as a tutor and my own SYF story and some just some tips for my students or any participating band member to look out for uh, during this final few weeks of their preparation for the SYF that I thought might be useful, uh, especially for students of the past which has graduated or I don't get to see as much that you can just tune in and have a listen and just be reminded of some of the things that I would say to you <laughs> during your preparation process, which has which is going to be fairly consistent and not things that you have not heard before. So to my students, I don't usually have the time to share with you my SYF experiences because we've got lots to do during our tutorship section and I'm not really paid to tell you stories like this. So I'll take this chance to just share with you my stories and my SYF experiences. If you are interested, you can listen. Let's begin with the changes that I've observed over the years with regards to the SYF, how I think it has affected the general mindset and the outcomes of the, the festival. I started learning about the SYF when I was in primary school. Uh, I took part in the first SYF in 2002. So back then, of course, the Singapore Youth Festival was called the Singapore Youth Festival Central Judging rather than the name that it has now, which is Singapore Youth Festival Arts Presentation. So in the past, we were awarded um, medals like bronze, silver or gold. Um, if you do not qualify for bronze, then you will receive a certificate of participation, also known as the COP. So up until 2005, the system that uh, the, the central judging adopted was that each band will play and you'll be given an award. And amongst the top bands uh, or the gold bands, they would select six bands to go to the next round of a, a showcase, I believe they call it a finals, 
where the six bands will have to learn a brand new piece apart from the set piece and the choice piece that they have played in the central judging. And I think they have about a month or two to do that. And out of the six, they will go through another round of adjudication in which one band will be crowned as the top band of Singapore. So that was the, the system that actually I went through in primary school, where there is one band that has been awarded that title of the top band of that particular SYF. So moving forward to 2005, 2005 saw a change in the grading system. Instead of having the SYF finals and having a couple of uh, the top bands compete for the number one spot in Singapore, there has been a new award of Go With Honours. So this means that we have the usual uh, four awards that I've just mentioned. On top of that, bands could qualify for a Go With Honours. I believe in order to get to a Go, go With Honours, you need to score above a particular score. I forgot it, if it was like 90 or 95 something like that. So you must be like the really top and upper echelons of the band in order for you to qualify for that award. So that award stuck for quite a bit all the way up till I believe it was 2012 where the SYF took on another name, which is its current name called the Singapore Youth Festival Arts Presentation. So when they moved from this uh, this title of central judging to arts presentation, what happened was that they also changed the way the awards were named. So of course, nowadays, the awards are given as certificate of comment, uh, certificate of distinction, accomplishment, or commendation. So slight difference there. So ap apart from having this two uh, different sort of grading, where obviously in the central judging, when you get gold, silver, and bronze, Maybe it's a little bit too competitive to sort of uh, sports-like and they decided to change it to something that is different. Apart from just the name, they've also changed the scoring criteria, which means uh, in the past, in order for a band to reach or receive the gold award, they have to score, I believe, 85 and above. Right now, for uh, the bands to get a distinction, it is 75% and above. So there's been a slight adjustment in that. I, I wouldn't say that either of the system is better or worse, but I think that the it, it is known that the Singapore Youth Festival, which is organized by the Ministry of Education, has always tried to have this stand that the SYF is not a competition, but in the past it was called a a judging or right now is simply a presentation and then at the end of course the they still award something to the students based on what they what they've presented on stage uh, apart from the change in the names i think the the direction and outcomes that these two titles or these two events is uh, slightly different. So the arts presentation, what they really try to go for is the, the process of the learning and understanding what they've developed over the time that they've prepared for their performance for the SYF. In the presentation, you also get uh, student leaders coming up onto the front of the stage and speaking about their learning process, their uh, learning thoughts and what they learned throughout the process, the difficulties and how they 
prevailed and worked out and worked through sorry all these difficulties that they faced during the rehearsal process which i thought was was pretty interesting and of course i saw that for myself for the first time in 2019 after i returned to singapore i was there to support almost not all but almost all of the schools that i was teaching so it was quite a spectacle and it was really nice to to be back to uh, experience that whole SYF atmosphere all over again, this time not as a student. So I, I wouldn't say that either the central judging was better or the, the arts presentation was better, but my opinion is that uh, the peak and the prime of the Singapore secondary school band culture and level came around, I'll say, 2007 to about 2011, I thought was the peak of the secondary school bands, simply based on the repertoire that everyone was playing. Uh, it was huge. You know, we've got Alfred Reeds, we've got uh, huge orchestral transcriptions, we've got really uh, technically and musically challenging music, which, I mean, I wouldn't say that the bands played perfectly, but managed to pull off to a, to a decent level, I must say. But that could just be my millennial mindset, thinking that, you know, uh, my generation was probably the peak. I could be absolutely wrong, and I'm open for, for discussion, talk about this. And, uh, of course, this is not also saying that the current uh, band, secondary school bands, is bad. No, I think circumstances are just different. The model is a little bit different, so uh, the programs will need to adapt to whatever it is and what are the, the bounds and what are the restrictions that uh, each of the bands and the schools are facing. So uh, just to quickly share with all of you my SYF journey. So uh, it's an interesting one, my SYF journey. It started in primary school. This was in 2002. I was primary five back then, and that was my first SYF in my primary school. We got a really good results. So uh, if you remember, I said that in the past, there were these uh, finals round after the main SYF round was completed. My uh, primary school got a gold and we qualified for the finals round in which we met some pretty uh, stiff competition. Of course, the legendary Mahabudi school and their uh, wind band uh, got first prize and rightly so i think they played really really well and very very challenging music so uh, back then when i was in primary school my perception of the syf was fairly simple because the first time i attended or participated in syf i got a pretty good results so to me i just thought that well you know getting a goal probably isn't that difficult and isn't that rare and uh, things were quickly about to change when I entered secondary school. So uh, I was uh, one of those more fortunate ones where I managed to attend two SYFs. So uh, I attended my first SYF when I, was in, when I was in secondary two. And that SYF, we got a silver award, which... Um, I, I mean, going into that SYF, I had no idea uh, what to expect. Of course, everyone was hoping that, oh, we'll get a gold and 
everything is going to be good and, and stuff like that. We got on, we performed and we got a, a silver in the end. And uh, when we got the results, obviously most people were disappointed with the results. And, but we moved on, right? We, <laughs> yeah, after a while, you, you kind of settle in and then you have to look forward to the next one. Of course, uh, w- one of my fondest memories of SYF is the change of choice piece in the last three weeks or so. In the past, there seems to be this very special trend where we will change our set piece, or sorry, we'll change our choice piece over the last couple of weeks in in rehearsal. We don't even think about the stress, but man, that's crazy. Yeah, three weeks to prepare for the performance rather, <laughs> yeah, rather than three months. So come two years later, 2009, I was in secondary four and we had another chance, you know, a little bit like for redemption and we were really thinking that there could be a real possibility that we could get a goal this time. We worked really hard and we've known the piece that we've played quite well. We did it in a concert maybe a year ago before that. So lots of hope and we thought that, well, I think we're going to be okay this time around. And then of course, at the end of it, we also only managed to get a silver. So probably one of the the regrets I have is that uh, I did not manage to get a a better result in my secondary school days for, for the SYF, but not a big deal in general. So that is generally my experience of uh, SYF or actually that is my my track record of the SYF. Of course, SYF is great because uh, you don't usually get to spend so much time rehearsing with your bandmates and we don't rehearse so intensely for uh, unless there's SYF, right? Uh, usually we do our, our two to three practices a week and, and that's about it. So it was really great. And of course, <laughs> not everybody enjoyed the rigor of coming back almost every day for band practice and working, working, doing the same thing over and over again, running through, repeating and things like that. But uh, I enjoyed it, <laughs> obviously. And uh, I think it, it really sort of strengthened the, the relationship and the bond within a particular band. And there's no other events that could actually do that. Uh, maybe apart from that is your internal school band camp where you get to spend an extended period of time with your band members and you really build up a friendship and a bond there. Uh, another thing that I really enjoyed about the SYF is actually the spectacle of the event. So usually when you uh, get on the bus and you head over to usually the Singapore Conference Hall, when you get off the bus and you go into the foyer and there's just and it's just jam-packed full of uh, students, band directors, uh, audience members. So you can imagine if you now walk into the Singapore Conference Hall and you just have maybe five to six schools, uh, bands sitting at the foyer. Some of them have already completed their performances, some of them waiting to go into... Uh, the tuning room, some of them has just arrived. It's, it's, it's a fantastic atmosphere, I think. And you have a sense of belonging, you have a sense of pride, you put on your band uniform and you you know, you know belong to this particular group and then you are looking at, oh, this is the band that is playing uh, ahead of us. 
and you get slightly competitive or maybe <laughs> or maybe that's just me yeah having uh, I absolutely do not mind having a little bit of uh, competitiveness in music yeah so uh, not in a way that we're going to sabotage other people but we just want to up our game and play our best uh, on the day itself so it's like a huge gathering of the secondary school bands and I really really enjoy that and uh, it, it is a little bit unfortunate because I, I understand that some of the students, particularly those who are in secondary three this year, this year will be your only SYF uh, in your secondary school at least. And you can possibly take part in the next one in the if you ever go to like a junior college or something like that, then you'll get to have one more. Uh, the, the problem is that you are experiencing an SYF that is extremely different and unlike any other that we've seen over, or I, I, if I may say since the beginning of the Singapore Youth Festival. So uh, obviously now the number of musicians in a band is restricted to 20, uh, unmasked wind musicians that is, and then up to 10 mask percussionists most likely if this uh, event is to take place uh, in person when you enter the hall nobody is going to be there in the foyer you're going to quickly be uh, escorted to the tuning room and after you arrive in the tuning room uh, and you play and you tune up and you go do your performance after the performance you'll be escorted out of the building out of sight of anyone or any other band supposedly i guess that that is supposed to be the plan so that there's no intermingling and things like that so it all becomes something that is very i, I think a little bit cold you know it's a it becomes a performance with no audience member some teachers and a few guys listening to you but it is what it is and i think it is still a pretty good experience if you've not experienced it before and i think if you've joined the the concert band or the symphonic band CCA for a reason and that is to perform uh, you don't uh, <laughs> join band just so that you can attend band practices every week right uh, what we are working for is to go get on stage and perform and this is stage time nonetheless and I think you should just grab it with both hands and do your best and enjoy yourself on stage just a couple of tips for students present past and those who absolutely have never come in contact with me uh, in my, with my teaching. Uh, just a few tips for you to think about as you prepare for your SYF in this final few weeks. Number one, okay, it is not too late to do slow practice now. Okay, uh, never too late to do slow practice. If there are certain passages that you still can't quite get under your fingers, don't go onto this panic mode and decide to, oh, let me just fluff it and see how it goes there is still a little bit of time particularly if you are you know, your performance day is towards the end of the festival there is still time okay lots of slow practice meticulous accurate correct repetitions build up your confidence build up your stamina these things can still happen okay so uh, slow practice if it's something that's technical, that's a little bit too fast for your fingers at the moment, still, you can fix it. 
you can definitely fix it. So don't go away from the slow practice and start playing at tempo. Okay, and even if you can play at a tempo, always nice to dial it back a little bit. Make sure that we fix some of the details in the playing and then get it back up to tempo again. Okay, the next thing is to make sure that you understand the rhythm that is on the page. So not only should you understand the rhythm that is on the page, you should be able to play absolutely in time with the music and the tempo that is uh, given and chosen by your band director for that particular piece of music that you're playing. I can't stress the importance of rhythmic accuracy because you can have the best sound, you can play very, very well, but if you can't play in time or in rhythm with the entire band, you kind of can't play with the band. So make sure you spend some time, really organize the rhythms. If you are unsure, of certain passages and you're still guessing the rhythm and you're just still going by feeling, please, please speak to your band directors or speak to your tutors if you have access to them and ask them what is the rhythm here and dissect the rhythm clearly. Make sure you have 100% understanding of the rhythm. So a good test of having understanding of the rhythm is that you should be able to play it in a variety of tempo. If you're only able to play at the performance tempo, chances are that you have adopted the memorization mindset and you've forced yourself to memorize the rhythm. Uh, I guess there is nothing particularly wrong with that, but uh, I wouldn't advise that because then you are not really uh, understanding the rhythm and you can't take that fragment and adapt it to your other pieces as well. So if you are able to still understand the rhythm in a variety of tempo, faster and slower, then chances are you have a very good understanding of the rhythm and that if the conductor decides to slow it down or speed it up, you know, you, <laughs> you are able to adapt accordingly. It shouldn't be a problem. Okay? So yeah, make sure that you understand the rhythm. Okay? Make sure that if you, uh, if you don't know and... You, if it's not completely familiar with you, make sure you ask for help and ask for uh, any sort of clarif clarification of the rhythms. Uh, the next thing, very, very important, particularly for low brass players, but I think everybody should do it, that is to mark down your breath marks. Okay? Uh, some of my students that I see on a regular basis, they still don't do that. Uh, which I don't know why. Uh, it is really important because we play wind instruments or brass instruments. A big part of what we do depends on the amount of air that we have and the phrasing that we can do also depends on the amount of air that we have. And it is important that when we are practicing and rehearsing, rehearsing in a band, we are constantly aware that we can stretch our breath till this far before we can take a breath you know, repeating a particular passage for 10 times and we are not breathing in like seven different spots, okay? We should always aim to be breathing at the same spot. This also allows us to work out things like staggering. It also allows us to work out things like, oh, this is the place that we are going to breathe together. When are we going to breathe together? When are we going to stagger? Okay, really important. Just mark it down and make sure that in your band... Uh, rehearsals and band practice, you 
execute according to the breathing plan. And if the plan is not working out, it's very simple. Erase it off, mark it in somewhere that is more appropriate. Okay, so breath marks, really, really important. Apart from writing down the breath marks, the next point is to write down any sort of notes and directions on your piece of sheet music. Do not rely on your brain power. Do not stress your brain out thinking that, oh yeah, I will remember to do this crescendo that my conductor said to do. Okay, do not rely on your brain power. Okay, you need your brain power to think about the music. You need the brain power to think about some of the techniques, perhaps some of your breathing and your air and things like that. You really want most of the information to be written on the music. Whatever that can help you, if you write it down, should be written down. Things like crescendo, things like changing articulation, things like phrasing, like breathing, all this should be written in. So I know that in certain schools, they have a system where they will highlight and color code their dynamics and things like that. All that is good, okay? You should you do that, that's fine. But apart from that, if there are additional crescendos and diminuendos and change in uh, articulation, please, please, please write it down. Okay? Not only is this helpful for you during your band practices, it's also helpful for you uh, and the... Uh, during your tutorships with your tutors because when the tutors look at you writing down, then they'll ask you, oh, why do you write this down here? And then you say, oh, okay, because the band director asked for this. And we'll understand and we'll make sure that you do them. If it's not there on the music, we don't know. Sometimes we might say something that is contradicting. For example, if you are asked to play staccatos here in a particular passage and the staccatos are actually not written in the music, we might ask you to play longer and you might be, oh, but my band director asked me to play staccato, but the tutor asked me to play longer. I'm a bit confused. Ultimately, the band director has the final say. Okay, so our, uh, our job as uh, tutors is to make sure that you are able to execute based on your band director's expectation. So uh, having written down all these notes and articulation and directions will really help us make uh, our job a bit easier and we don't have to ask you to do things that are not required of you uh, in a full band situation. The next thing, okay, if you are confident enough now, if you know that you can play your part quite well and you everything is seems to be working on your own, now is the time to communicate with other sections that plays the same part with you and work things out with them on your own. You don't need a band director to do that. You can do this on your own. So for example, if the euphoniums, you are playing with the trombones, uh, communicate with the trombone section. Just play together and make sure that you know we are matching note lengths, you are matching rhythm, you are breathing together, you are playing together, the sound and the colors are matching well. Just go ahead and communicate, go ahead and work things out within the sections. This would save a lot of time for your band directors and they will be super grateful if you do that. Yeah, so if your parts are okay, just head over, just be friendly and ask another section to see if they're interested. Why don't we play this together? I thought that, you know, maybe we were a little bit out of tune 
let me try to match you and let me try to understand your tuning and things like that. Okay, so you don't have to approach it in a way that, oh, you sound really bad just now. Let me teach you how to play. No, that is not uh, (laughs) what I'm trying to tell you. But it's more of like getting to communicate with each other to make sure that the end product for the band is better. Okay, not that anyone is doing a better or worse job. Okay, so if you can take this initiative, if you can help, then you help, right? That would be great. Assessing your playing, okay, it's very easy to feel kind of down in the dumps when we are down in this kind of final moments and we feel the pressure to feel that we are not good enough or we are not doing very well and things like that. Uh, If you don't struggle with confidence, that means if you are relatively a confident person, then that's great. This uh, you can just ignore what I'm about to say uh, because you probably don't need more of this. But if you are someone that struggles with confidence, I want you to think about your progress that you've made over the period of time in your preparation rather than the end product that is happening. So you might not be at a stage whereby you feel that you are fantastic or great and you are doing everything that's on the page but what I want you to focus on at times is to think about how far you've come over this period of time and sometimes we run out of time sometimes we you know we think that uh, maybe I should have changed things a little bit maybe I should have done things a bit more efficiently and things like that well all that might be true and, but this is something that on hindsight, you know how to improve. And then the next time when you have an opportunity either for a concert or for the next SYF in two years' time, you have this chance to be better and fix that. Yeah, so uh, this is like a, a lesson learned, you know, when you have a first-time experience of the SYF and you feel like, uh, you know, I could have done so much more which is good, you know, and not ideal because you could have been better for this SOF. But then if you are, if you realize that there's this room for growth, then chances are you can just do it the next time. Okay. Or for any other future activities not related to Ben, that you know that preparation process is actually quite important and you should not overlook and procrastinate and leave things towards the end. Yep. So if you are feeling a bit down in the dumps, just think about how far you've come uh, with your preparation, okay? And then don't be so beat up by uh, the things that you cannot do. There, there's always going to be room for improvement, yeah? no matter how far and how much we've improved and how good we play. Good. And finally, with the last, absolute last thing that I'm going to say, that is, remember, we are striving for excellence not perfection right this is something that i tell all my students because perfection is in actually unattainable what is important is that we play to the highest level that we can which in my terms is called excellence follow through to the plan that you've made up and you have decided on over the last couple of months okay a good preparation will not be undone so easily. A lack of preparation means that, you know, everything would potentially go astray when we hit onto the stage. Yeah? So please focus on being excellent. Focus on your preparation. Make sure that you prepare well so that when you go on stage, you are ready to perform. You are ready to play. Okay? Uh, we are not expecting miracles when we go on stage, okay? Don't have that mindset. 
that you know when I go on stage everything is going to magically or miraculously work it doesn't work like that unfortunately uh, whatever you've prepared 100% okay when we go on stage you will probably hit about 80% to 90% and if you can hit about 80 to 90% you should be really really pleased with that performance okay if you hit 100 even better for you congratulations if you in the rare uh, <laughs> situation whereby you play better than usual which means that if there is a high note that you've not been able to reach but for some reason it worked for you during <laughs> the when when you go on stage and when you're performing for the SYF fantastic i'm even happier for you that's great but i just want to warn you that you should not pin uh, your hopes on that happening, uh, chances are it will not miraculously happen. Okay, so focus on the preparation. Remember, strive for excellence, not perfection. Good. And then if you feel emotional after your performance, if you feel that you don't play well enough or even before you go on stage, you feel extremely emotional, I want to tell you that this is absolutely normal. You feel this way because you care, you stress because you care and you want to do your best and that is actually a positive sign. Uh, what you need to do, in fact, is to not let the emotions run over you. Take that emotions, turn it around, use its energy to drive yourself to do better. Stay hyper-focused. Remember to bring all your gears. Uh, make sure you bring your mouthpieces. Make sure that you bring your reeds. Make sure you have everything prepared for. If you are a win, win player, make sure you bring an extra read, I guess. Yeah. So make sure you have everything with you when you go on to your SYF performance. Make sure that you are not so affected by the emotions. Take that emotions and change it to something positive. Change it to a motivation and energy to play your absolute best on stage. Leave it all on the stage. That's all that matters. And to all of you listening, Thank you for your attention and all the best for SYF, students, band directors alike. And with that, we will sign off on this episode of You Play A What. You have been listening to You Play A What, hosted by Vincent Tan. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button so that you'll be notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends if you feel so inclined. The theme music for the podcast is entitled Midnight Affairs and is composed by Algodas Matonis and recorded by Vincent Tan. Thank you so much for listening to You Play or What? Until next time.